Oh, what a song to kick off a nippy Tuesday morning here in Southern Ontario. It's the final day of January. Spring inches closer day by day. The green will soon emerge from the grass and the snow will melt away. We've got to fight through this frigid patch we're going through and then spring will come. Karolnik Koliakovo here on TSN 1050 in studio. And Coco, you look exceptional today. The hair slicked back. Got a nice quarter zip on, as you are wont to do. What's happening, brother? Not much, man. I appreciate the compliment. Um, <laughs> it was no intention of mine to look that good this morning. It is early. But you did sort of hit a nerve with me right Uh-oh. now. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. January 31st, and we are, on boat, we are in boat, about to embark on the coldest stretch of winter by far, as yeah. February approaches. What is going on here? Nah, that's common. February. February is just as cold as January. February you're supposed to get like the tail end of it. Nah, like, that's March. That's March. I wish that was the case, but February, it's cold, man. It's still winter. Like we went through all of December, all of January. We had one bad snowstorm. We've been fortunate. There's no doubt. I mean, we've basically had a couple of cold spells. And now, as we're about to welcome the month of February 2023, that's when the weather decides to, hey, you know what? We're going to make you freeze. Like, seriously cold, too. Like, if you're looking at the forecast (laughs) for this weekend, I think, like, it feels like minus 25 in Toronto. Like, why? I don't know. It sucks. Welcome to Canada. At least we don't live in Winnipeg or like Calgary or something. Sorry (laughs) to our listeners from those fine cities. But yeah, it could be it could be a lot worse. But, you know, whatever. But it is what it is. This is what we've signed up for. There's a lot of positives. I didn't sign up for this. There's a lot of positives living in Toronto. <laughs> I don't know about you. Texas 10 50 if you can figure out what they are right now. I did now, not but... sign up for this. <laughs> yeah, is there a way uh... I can sign out of this? Well, I think there is, buddy. It's called a vacation. Wow. That's the answer. That's Seven the answer. days, buddy. Yeah, who, but who's counting? Who's Seven counting? Seven days. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's an unpleasant time of year, no doubt, because you can kind of see it in the horizon. You can kind of you know, yeah, you know, feel it in the air. Definitely not. No. But you look at the calendar turning. Yeah, it's January 31st. February, the shortest month of the year. Right. So you're talking about 28 days. Maybe it's 29 days this no, year. I'm not sure. Was it t- this year the leap year? Yeah, no. I don't know. I can't keep track. I, have, I, actually have a, I actually have a buddy who was born on... 29th? The 29th. Yeah. So he celebrates his birthday every four years. Really, he's like <laughs> eight years old. So he's, he's a dog. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Half of a dog. Pretty much. He does have a... He usually has a birthday party, but on the actual leap year every four it's years, it's a, it's a shaker. Wow. It's a shaker, yeah. So if it's every four years, I believe it's an even number of years, isn't it? I don't Is it know. an even number? It's too early. Can you guys to do, do that math. Yeah. Chrissy, can, Chrissy handles our Chrissy handles our mathematics. Is leap yeah. year every? Is it an even number or is it an odd number? If it's every four years. Oh, definitely believe, be, it would definitely be an even number. I think it's yeah. It's so every for, four years. So yeah. if it's tw- 2023, it's not this year. It's got to be next year. Though. Oh, that could be the case. Yeah, it might be next year. It might be next year. I do recall. Yeah, it was like just before COVID started was the last bash he had. I don't know what Chrissy just said to me. But don't worry about it, Chrissy. It's all good. Why don't you email Next to year's leap year. Oh, next year. Okay. Yes. All right. So there you go. It's every, yeah, it's every even number of four years. So 24, 28... Wow, I was going to say 32. We're at 2032. No, we're still a long way. You'll be like 60 years old by then. 50, 2032. Your your kids will be like 25 at just graduated university. That's kind of got to be the weirdest part for you as the years go by. Your kids are getting older and older, and you're like, wow. 
Just dude, the the stuff my kids do every day just amazes me. I'm like, sure my daughter talks to me like a twenty year old. She's eight. <laughs> She's eight. Like, give me an example. I was telling her yesterday, I'm like, what are you so upset about? Can you please talk nicely? And she's like, no, I will not talk nicely to you. Can't you see I'm upset? She's like, oh, I can't believe the Hall of the Islanders gave up for Bo Horvat. What, what are they doing, Dad? <laughs> that wasn't much of a haul, if you ask me. Um, yeah, this trade is, uh, I mean, if you missed what happened yesterday, the Islanders acquired Bo Horvat, a name who's been in the rumor mill for months now. In a very, very surprise move. Yeah, very real G's move in silence like lasagna move right. from Lula Amorel. Although it depends on how you view this deal for the Islanders. So Horvat, an Islander. Uh, Anthony Bavillier, I hate saying this guy's name. One year left, $4.1 million. He's a 25-year-old. Decent winger. He's fine. Going from the Islanders to the Canucks. Ati Ratu. Atu Ratu? I don't know. I hate saying this guy's name, too. Yeah. It's just a brutal, it's, brutal it's trade. It really looks like Adi Roddy. Yeah. But Atu, Atu Ratu. Yeah. He's a Finnish prospect, a highly regarded kid coming out of um, I don't know, the, the farm system for the uh, New York Islanders, a top 12 protected first round pick. And Bo Horvat going back to the Islanders. But the Islanders are out of the playoffs, right? I mean. Well, two points out right now. Yeah. I think three. Maybe it's two or three. But I, I, I don't know. I, I look at this trade. I think this is a bad trade for both teams. And that's very rare. Yeah. But Bo Horvat, I like Bo Horvat. Good player. Good, 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 uh, you know, all around guy who can contribute a number of ways, has 31 goals, but he's not a 45, 50 goal scorer. Mm-hmm. You know, his shooting percentage is 22%. And we, we use the term regression to the mean all the time in this show. I think Bo Horvat's probably a 60 point player, and maybe he's going to get paid as something much more significant than that, which he probably will. And, the fact that the Islanders don't have a deal locked, locked up with him before acquiring him, or I guess after acquiring him, also a confounding part of this trade. But I don't know. I think it's, well, it's I'm, not, I, I'm unenthused by both sides and their returns. Look, I, I think I share the same feeling that a lot of people share when they first saw this news break. Shocked. Shocked and surprised. Shocked because... When you're talking about a, a name like Bo Horvat and the significance he represents on the trade bait board and the season that he's having and the expectation of the contract he's going to get and you know, his age and where he may fit in some team's organization, you expected the deal to look bigger. And for me, Beauvillier doesn't move the needle. He's a guy that has struggled offensively for the Islanders. He has potential, but he's struggled. I mean, I think his highest point total is 30-something points in his career. And Atu Ratu, again, he's, he's a highly touted prospect. He's a guy a couple years ago in the draft was ranked to go number one yeah. overall, and throughout the season he dropped and was a second-round pick of the Islanders. And an unprotected first-round pick, which is something that... No, it, 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 is, people, it is protected. It's a protected top sorry, 12. Sorry, a protected... Uh, first round pick, which is something that a lot of the insiders are saying that this is going to be the norm moving forward, where teams are not going to be willing to put a first rounder in the ch- in any trade package that is unprotected. So, and and, and rightfully so. I mean, you're, you're you're seeing what Florida has gone through. You're seeing what the the Ottawa Senators had to go through when they traded for Matt Duchesne, and ultimately that pick turned into Kill. I believe it was Kill McCarr, was it not? With the, all, with the Colorado Avalanche? I'm not sure. 
Anyways, and then you saw the Carlson trade to Ottawa that turned into Brady Kachuk. So I can understand that. But when you're thinking of Bo Horvath, you're thinking, you know, all we've been hearing is big package, big package. To me, this package doesn't really excite me. But it excites the Vancouver Canucks, and that's really all that matters. And the team, the Islanders, doesn't really excite me or anybody else either because you're expecting, okay, Horvat's going to go to a contender and two teams that were probably, you know, more f- desirable for him were Boston, because that's where the last week sure. the was picked up, and the Colorado Avalanche, because there was a fit there. Or Carolina. Or Carolina. You know, Toronto. These are, these are all contending teams. The Islanders, to me, are not a contending team. They have a lot of the same roster that has, you know, that went to back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals. They had a horrible year last year that ultimately derailed their season with COVID and injuries and schedule and whatever. However, and even their, their, as they awaited their new arena with the 13-day road trip they started the season with. And then this year, new coach, same team, not really. I mean, there was a rumor then bringing in Nazem Kadri until all of a sudden that's flipped and he signed with the Calgary Flames. And Johnny Gaudreau as well. They Johnny were, they were hot so, on the heels so they, of both those they've guys. They've been trying to bring in impact players. Clearly, the cap has hurt them because they have no cap space. So, does this allow them right now to make that type of move? Look, you talked about no contract in place. The Vancouver Canucks made it clear they were not allowing anybody to discuss tra- uh, contract extension with them because they didn't want the agents to control the negotiations. But once they got to a point where the deal was virtually consummated and they agreed on a price for Horvat, I don't understand why the Islanders couldn't be like, all right. Let's take a swing at this before we... Maybe they have, and we don't know. There hasn't been anything announced. My but. understanding, my understanding mm-hmm. of this deal is Lou Lamorello wouldn't make a deal like this without the intention of knowing he's going to resign. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. And keep in mind, Bo Horvat has the best agent in professional sports <laughs> and Pat Morris, so that's going to work in his favor as well. But if you're giving up a package like this... Yeah, I, I thought there would be something announced, much like Hampus Lindholm, right? When he was traded from Anaheim right, to Boston, right. it was just a done deal. It was, yeah. it was in the in the drawer. They just pulled it out. Done but, deal. But here's the thing: I mean, Lou could want to sign him. Does Horvat want to be an Islander? Well, that's a fair question. But my my response to that is: if he doesn't, why the hell are you trading for him? Well, and but, and, and, and I Lou, suppose there is the possibility they could move him again before the deadline, right? There, there is. There's five weeks here before the deadline, and Lou Lamorello is probably looking at this and saying, look. I have one last shot at this because clearly all the button buttons that I've tried to push have not worked up until now. I've not been able to upgrade this offense. And let's be honest, the Islanders aren't a team that blows you away off. They're not good. Like they have a good goal, t- great goaltender. But beyond yeah. that, I mean. And so maybe that's what Lou is looking at. He's like, okay, I got a really great goaltender. I've got somewhat of a good core that knows how to win in the playoffs when they get there. If I can add an impact player and sell him on. The city, the rink, the organization, the players, the opportunity within five weeks, then I've done my job. Because clearly he's had a hard time when he's had to negotiate against other teams in, Uf- in UFA to recruit players there. That's a fair point. So, For sure. This is, this is, this is a, like the last shot of desperation for Lou Lamarillo. I, I think it's safe to say his job is on the line. If the New York Islanders don't make the playoffs this year, there's probably going to be big changes there. I mean, he fired Barry Trotz. That, that was a risky <laughs> like, move that has not paid off in the slightest. So, again, he could have every intention in the world to sign Horvat, 
Horvat was probably thinking about other places like we just mentioned, Boston, Colorado, and Carolina, teams that are closer to be contenders for the Cup. Think to myself, wow, okay, I can vision myself there. Maybe that's a spot I can see myself being long-term. But you don't know what Borja Horvat's thinking. This was probably a surprise to him. And to him, they're on the, the bye week break, so he's not really inside of hockey, you know, dressing room or hockey mindset right now. I would think that there's going to be talk about negotiations, but ultimately it's going to be about what Horvat wants. And if this guy sees himself being in the island and is a desirable destination, they'll find a way to get a deal done. But if this guy has somewhere else in mind that he wants to play, chances are whatever happens in these next two or three weeks with the Islanders, who are two points out of a playoff spot right now, maybe Lou says, okay, I, I took my swing, it didn't work. I got to cut my losses. Just cut cut my losses. That's exactly what could happen. Again, five weeks to the NHL NHL trade deadline. Let's celebrate. Well, that's what that's where I was going. We saw a trade yesterday. A a big trade too. And anytime it breaks in the afternoon, I mean, lots to discuss. And that's hockey was all over. The guys in overdrive were all over. It was, it was it was great to debate a hockey trade. And there'll be many more to come. Ryan O'Reilly probably will be on the move. Tarasenko, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze, Timo Meyer. So some big names. Perhaps Bo Horvat. The first domino to fall. All right, so we've got a lot more here on First Up. Chris Johnston, our hockey insider at 745. We'll talk to Bruce Murray, our boy from Long Island, Sirius XM NFL Radio. He's a huge Islanders fan. He always said, when are we going to talk about the Islanders? Yeah, and finally, we are (laughs) talking about the Islanders here on the show. We'll get into the Raptors game last night in Phoenix and a a ton of news surrounding the Raps and what they could do ahead of the deadline. Karolnik, Koliakova, we are feeling good here on this cold Tuesday morning. You're listening to TSN 1050. We'll talk to Aaron Rose from Sports Illustrated just after 8.45 this morning here on First Up. It's Karolnik and Koliakovo with you. The Toronto Raptors in Phoenix last night. The fourth game of their road trip. Fourth of seven games. They lose 114-106 to the Suns. A game, Coco, that was really spirited effort. I mean, the Raptors had the lead in the fourth quarter. It was back and forth. I think there was something like 12 lead changes in that game. And the Raptors... I mean, gave it all they they had. Phoenix is a team that's on a hot streak right now, even without Devin Booker, and they were able to pull it out. The Raptors are back in action uh, against the Utah Jazz a little bit later in the week. But the big news before the game, OG Ananobi ruled out for the rest of the road trip. So he's out until at least February the 8th when the Raptors are back at home against San Antonio. And his name, I mean, it's been all over the rumor mill. It's That's the name du jour. That is the prize of the potential guys who could be moved ahead of the NBA trade deadline. Nobody is in more is more desirable, I guess you could say, than OG Ananobi. And I would imagine that this injury probably takes him off the market. I mean, if I'm a team going to give up multiple first-round picks for a guy like Ananobi who you'd want to make an impact in the second half, you know, if he's got this wrist injury that Requires him to miss five, six games. I mean, I don't know how keen I'd be to give up those assets for OG. Well, maybe why this is why they're being so quiet about OG's injury. I mean, we saw him yesterday at the game with the wrist brace on. Clearly, it's a wrist injury, but they also followed up his injury status with will be reevaluated when he goes back to Toronto. Mm-hmm. Because if they if they share what's completely wrong with him right now, does that diminish any type of conversation or value around his potential trade market. 
The Raptors are doing everything they need to do right now to keep things as, as close to the vest as possible. Big time. And I think yesterday's loss has painted a clearer picture of where this team should be headed in a couple days. Because you win that game, now you're half game back of that 10 spot. You lose that game, now you're two games back of that 10 spot. So, I mean, considering, you know, you're, 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 you're evaluating each game with so much intent and you're using the results of these games to basically determine the direction you're going, you know, they, them, you know, coming off an impressive weekend where they won two of three, he would have thought that this was the one that they needed for them to give themselves a little bit more hope of keeping the band together. It's funny that every game, it seems, and this is everybody who follows the Raptors who believes this to be the case, is almost a referendum on this team, on the culture, on the present, on the future of the organization. And whether or not that's fair is up for debate. But as far as what they are going forward here, I mean, they've got four more games before the trade deadline. And... They're not good. Right. <laughs> it's just that's just it's just basically that's a fact. So the idea that they could be buyers, I mean, I, I don't think that was that's ever been contemplated. I don't think that anything could happen over the next four games before the deadline that could alter Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster's perception of what these guys are. It's pretty obvious. We've seen enough of a sample size here that the Raptors are what they are this season. Mm. And if you believe that they're going to go out and trade for DeAndre Ayton, like the, like the Suns would trade him right now, he's been playing awesome, or, and try to bolster this team and become a buyer, trade first-round picks, move him out, that's not going to happen. I think it's just a matter of how many assets are going out the door before the deadline. Like, how many of Trent and Van Vliet and OG Ananobi are going out the door? And I think with the way the Raptors are playing it, and, and it's virtually assured, if... And when they make a deal, it's going to be the day before or the day of the trade deadline because they have the best assets of every of everybody. Yeah. No one else is a Van Vliet or an Ananobi or a Trent Jr. to trade. Those are arguably the three best guys available at the deadline. And, so the Raptors hold all the cards in the NBA, yeah. and they're going to wait until the last minute to make a decision. And, and the reason why they're the team to watch is because the players that are potentially available are desired players that contending teams want you know playoff experience guys that have the the sort of profile and the pedigree of what you're trying to add you know versatile versatile championship defense mentality so i mean yeah you, you 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 kind of understand why the raptors are the team everybody's watching because of the players you could potentially get like van vliet trent i mean trent doesn't have the same you know, playoff profile as an OG or uh, or a Fred Van Vliet. You know, OG too. Like again, he wasn't available during the the, the championship run. OG's so. most famous playoff moments: getting torched by LeBron, by LeBron James, James and that three he made against the Boston Celtics in True. the bubble. Oh, what a moment True. that was! What a pass by Kyle and, Lowry. And there was a lot of eyes on Masai Ujiri, who was in the building last night and right before the game. Him and the GM of the the Phoenix Suns, James Jones. There was a video of them walking together into the tunnel right before the game, maybe talking certain players or discussing certain trade options. Van Vliet is a, is a player that has been linked to the Phoenix Suns. Does, is that something that you know gets a little bit more traction right now? Look, and the reason why I said yesterday's game was so important 
is because their next four games, Utah, Houston, Memphis, San Antonio. Very winnable. Three of those four games are very winnable. And Memphis, I mean, it's not that much of a winnable game, but you could potentially pull one off, and you could go 4-0. and But 3-1 three, sure. three and one is very very realistic. Not having Ananobi's tough. He's right, one of their best it. players, and, but Precious Achua stepped up, another double-double last night. He's been great. But think if they win yesterday's game, it's... Three of it's four or five that they win, plus a potential to win another three of four. Now you're probably inside the play-in seven to ten. Yeah, uh, when you come out of this right before the trade deadline, so now you're not. It's a tough so spot. I, again, look, I wonder how much any of that really matters because this is a this is a franchise that no to to Masai Ujiri and to Bobby right. Webster. I'm just saying, like, you know, like you, sure you can finish ninth. I, I, does that mean you're going to keep Trent and Van Vliet without any assurances? But they you stay? can still finish ninth even if you trade those pieces. It's possible, but probably right. more unlikely. Right, yes. and I'm saying, if you're asking me, I want them to sort of reshuffle the cards here. I think that would be the prudent decision because yes. coming into the season with the expectation that was put on this group, top six playoff team. I don't see them getting there. And, 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 you know, we talk about some of the comments coming out of the game yesterday about Pascal Siakam, you know, dip a little bit in his Tired. Play. Tired. I'm telling you right now, the Nick Nurse system that these guys are playing is wearing on these well, guys. Well, the system in the minutes. Siakam leads the NBA in minutes. I mean. He's playing a the lot. Minutes. Yeah. Well, This team has not done a good enough job giving itself enough depth to play the way Nick Nurse wants him to play consistently night after night. You cannot survive in this NBA world nowadays with a 7-8 man rotation. You just cannot. With all this conversation about rest and soreness and load management and players taking games off, you're talking about a Raptors team that has a coach that wants to play a 7-8 man rotation? This is the byproduct that you're seeing. Yep, Siakam definitely dropped off. I mean, it's pretty clear that he has not been the same player that he was earlier in the season over the last two, three weeks, and that makes a lot of sense. When you're playing 40-plus minutes seemingly every night, it's going to take a I mean, toll just, on you. Just look at the Raptors since they won the championship. What significant addition have they made to this roster? I mean, Precious Achua would be probably... Gary Trent Gary, Gary Trent and the trade for Norman Powell. Yeah, it has not been extensive. So we'll get back into the Raptors with Aaron Rose from Sports Illustrated in the 8 o'clock hour. We've got Who Says No with producer Cheese on the other side. Plus the first up scoreboard, a quiet night in the NHL, but lots of action in the NBA. We'll get to it all in the next half hour here on First Up. Is no, my son is. We're back on first up. Korolnik and Koliakovo. Coco, you are dancing, moving, and shaking like it's a Friday night. D Town in the city of Toronto. Shout out to our guy, Tyler and Etobicoke. The texts keep pouring in. 10 You should go on a a, like a mandate with him. You don't want to come hang out with Tyler from Etobicoke? I'm not interested in like going out and hitting the town. Hit up a Moxie's with them, perhaps? Maybe. I'll do the Moxie's. Yeah. Not, I'm not out I'm not for any late yeah, night. Yeah, late night. Late night. Yeah, that's, that's nothing I'm interested in as well, either. <laughs> All right, so uh, we've got a segment called Who Says No, where our producer, Cheese, comes up with situations. This or that. 
with this team, trade this person for this person, and we debate whether or not it's a good idea for either side. Cheese, what are we discussing today? We're going to start out with Nick Nurse. There was a report yesterday that Sham Strania put out. He said that there is some internal tension right now between the Raptors and Nick Nurse. So the Toronto Raptors offer Nick Nurse a multi-year extension this summer. It makes him one of the three highest paid coaches in the NBA. Who says no? I think this is a really interesting story because Sham Strania, represented by Clutch Sports. Is he? Oh, of course he is. Insider nope. represented uh, by an agent. Probably millions of dollars. Much what, like does he, what does he need an agent to represent? Well, Schefter's got an agent. You know, the top guys at TSN have agents, of course. But uh, I mean, I would think they could negotiate their home contracts. Well, I mean, you don't saying? think James Duthie has an agent who helps negotiate his contract? Of course he does. But okay. in any case, Shams definitely does. Represented by Clutch Sports. You know who else is represented by Clutch Sports? Nick Nurse. Ooh, what a coincidence. Nick Nurse, internal this. Oh, is Clutch going to own the whole NBA? So? Prob- probably, and it would make a lot of sense for them to do so because they do a damn good job for their clients. So here's, what, here's how I read the situation. Shams leaks this report and leaks his information about Nick Nurse. Oh, he's in the final year of his contract. You know why? Because Nick Nurse wants a new contract, and he wants to put some pressure on the Raptors to figure out a way to make him probably one of the highest-paid coaches in the NBA. As far as your question, Cheese... Who says no? I mean, I, I don't think either side says no, because if you're the Raptors, you, you're owned by Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. Rodgers and Bell and Larry, Larry Tannenbaum, money is, 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 is no object. Pay the, pay the man whatever he wants. I mean, yeah. who cares? Nick Nurse is one of the best coaches in the league. I mean, if you paid Masai Ujiri, what, $15 yeah, whatever it is, to, it's to basically sit there and be a face for the position that he represents, the guy never talks to the media. Has not made any big in-season trades. I mean, what 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 are you paying him for? Well, I'm sure he's doing more than just sitting there. I mean, he's the Again, president what, of basketball operations. Okay, so whatever he is in the last is. two years, what has he done in, in the middle of the season? I I, I mean, that's I, yes, yeah, sure. He's not made major impact moves, but he could have made a, a terrible move if he was making trades. Okay, I mean, you don't have to make a trade for the sake. What he made to this roster? That's that's a fair point. <laughs> like, he, I can guarantee you, he's got a lot of work to do. A this ton of work season. to do. So, look, I think if there's one thing that you can agree, this Raptors team is lucky to have. They're lucky to have one of the best coaches in the league. And regardless of what Shams is saying, that there's tension. Yeah, you know what? You know what brings tension to an organization? Being bad. Losing yeah, brings exactly. tension to an organization. So, I mean, who says no? There shouldn't even, no, no shouldn't even be a, an option here. You know what's it funny? It should be, yes, whatever the contract <laughs> is, you get it done. Because I can guarantee you right now, if Nick Nurse hits the market as a coach that's available, he will be the most sought-after coach By far. in the league. There was a report yesterday, I think it was Chris Haynes, who covers the NBA for Yahoo, said, oh, there are unhappy players in Toronto. Yeah, no, no kidding. kidding. Like that, this, is a, this is breaking news. <laughs> of course, if the, if the report was everyone's delighted in Toronto, having yeah. a great time, I'd be way more concerned about that. Right. Then the report that there's unhappy guys in Toronto. In any case, geez, let's keep him because keep it rolling. One of those unhappy players that you just referenced is OG Ananobi. So let's say this. The New York Knicks offer the Raptors three unprotected first-round picks for Ananobi. Who says no? Well, the Knicks would be stupid to offer that. Three unprotected first-round picks? Yeah, that's a, that's I think a done the deal. I would say no to that. If Definitely. you're the Raptors, you're, you're just asking where to sign. 
Because you make that deal all day. 100%. I think when you talk about three unprotected first-round picks from a team like the Knicks, who could go either way. I mean, let's be honest here. the Knicks were relevant. Yeah, like seriously. So uh, I think that's a done deal for the Raptors. The Knicks definitely say no. What's next, Gs? Let's go to the big news of yesterday. The Islanders offer Bo Horvat an eight-year extension at $8.75 million per season. Who says no? I think Bo Horvat says no. Really? Yeah. Wow. Just because I, of the being in the island or, or the money? It's twofold. I think because it's the island and we don't know how he necessarily feels about being there. I mean, remember, this guy is five months away from picking wherever he wants to play in the NHL. And given the report of what he was ex- wanting to receive in Vancouver, I believe it was somewhere around $9 million. That's below market value, 8.875. I think Bo Horvat says, no, the Islanders would love that deal. Yeah, I I tend to agree. It's it's a matter of, if you're Horvat, why not entertain all suitors? And I will say there is a risk here for Horvat as well. Like, What if he has a bad second half? What if he doesn't make the playoffs? So he's got 31 goals now. What if he finishes with 37 goals? Remember, the longer you play, the more people watch. Mm Mm-hmm. The more the, the the idea of you not playing in the playoffs, you're out of sight, out of mind. You are, and I also think Horvat. I think he's a really good player. Is he a 50 goal scorer? No, he's not. No. Just because you do it, you might do it once. You're on pace for it. Does that does not mean but that's what you are going forward? Here's the thing: he owns all the cards right now. The leverage is completely in his court because this is a team that just traded three assets to get him. With no contract certainty for next year. So basically, he could say, this is what I want to keep me here. If they paid Barzell $9 million a year for the next eight years, I think that's where it starts right As now for should. Horvat. As it's it got to start with a nine. You got the leverage now. You got to utilize it. And that could be a massive overpayment. but it probably will be. It's a massive overpayment every time somebody goes to UFA. <laughs> The Vancouver Canucks continue their sell-off by trading Luke Shen to the Leafs for a second-round pick. Who says no? Mm, wow. Second-round pick for Lukey? I, I mean, who says no? I mean, that, I think this is a yes for both parties. That's the price tag that the, that the uh, Vancouver Canucks have put out there, that a second-round pick for Luke Shen, <laughs> if you're the Maple Leafs, why wouldn't you pay that for a guy for, like Luke Shen? Where does Luke Shen fit in? Like, who's out? So Luke Shen's playing on the right side for you. Mm. Who's who's out? Is Rasmus Sandin taking a seat? Is Timothy Lilligren taking a seat? Like, it's a good question. And, and that's that's the, the way and the problem I have with this question about who the Leafs should bring in at the deadline. Because let's say you make a deal for Gavrikov or Jake McCabe or maybe it's Luke Shen. Are you taking one of these kids out of the lineup that's played so well for you all you year? And like the Leafs have been a really quality team yeah. on the back end, and you have Timmins and, as well as part why, of the equation. This is why I, you need up assets. This is why I continue to say that. And and there's a ton of people that message me every day. What are the Leafs going to do? Who are they going to go after? What defense are they going to get? I'll be honest with you. I don't think they're in the market for the big top name defenseman. I think honestly, if you're looking at a defenseman, they're looking at a guy. A veteran guy that's going to come in cheap, yep, and just be another depth piece for them. I think that's exactly it. Just regardless of how you feel about Justin Hall, Justin Hall has earned the right with his play to play in the playoffs for this Maple Leafs team. Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilligren, 
You know what? They sat last year and watched the playoffs. They deserve the right to play in the playoffs for this team, considering the season that they've had. Now, I think the biggest question here is, what's the health status around TJ Brody? Because this is twice in the last month where he's had to miss games. Does he have something lingering that you should concern yourself with down the stretch of the season where you should give him a little bit more time off? Or it does, whatever he's dealing with, does get re-aggravated. Because Riley Brody, Giordano, Hall, Sandine Lilligren would be my six of who it's I'm pretty going good, with. It's a pretty good top six. And could, could it be improved? Is Luke Shed an upgrade on Justin Hall? I mean, I guess you could make a debate. You could debate it. 100% you could. To me, Luke Shen is a top six defenseman on he's this team. He's been great, and he's a guy you want in the postseason. He's got the experience. But does that come at the expense before? of eliminating one of the guys in your lineup out of there? And trading another piece second, of draft capital. Like, if you're trading a second-round pick, you're not trading a second-round pick for a guy to be the seventh defenseman. Doesn't make sense. So, so you wonder if, if you're better off allocating a second-round pick plus to actually bring in someone who could impact your lineup in a more significant way. Right. And that's, that's like I've talent. always said, the Maple Leafs, find a guy that's played 200-plus games, maybe 300-plus games, that can be a 3-6 to six in your lineup, or maybe a 3-7 to seven in your lineup. Somebody that you can plug and play in your lineup based on your opponent, based on the game, where you need to make adjustments, that's the guy I would target, not the big-name Guys that are going to cost you a, a, a boatload of assets. Let's go to the NFL. The Philadelphia Eagles offer Jalen Hurts a five-year extension with $200 million guaranteed. Who says no? I think the Eagles say no Definitely right now. say no. <laughs> I mean, Jalen Hurts is... is not even thinking twice about signing. What was Lamar Jackson's guarantee? $133 million. Yeah, that was that guarantee. Yeah, guarantee. But it was a two fifty contract. Something like that, yeah. But really, in the I mean, NFL, it's all about the guarantee. That 100% that actual contract doesn't mean anything. I think if we've learned anything about the Baltimore Ravens situation is that regardless of what happened with Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns, which, is, which was unprecedented, mm-hmm. a fully guaranteed contract, it's clear that owners and GMs do not want to tread that line. Well, I mean, there's just two two examples that have worked out just horrifically, right? Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, and, and Deshaun, Deshaun and Deshaun Watson. At least Watson, we'll see. And the Wilson situation is is tenuous at best. Literally, nobody wants that job as the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Right. Hey, Harbaugh, will you come over? <laughs> nah, I'm good. Sean Payton, nah, I'm good. Yeah. Hey, D'Amico Ryan's interested? Nah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm going to Houston. Yeah, so, all right, yeah, I'm going to Houston, exactly. So they're down, they're up to their fourth pick, and it'll be like, probably you'll be the coach by the yeah. end of it. Uh, I may go down to eight or nine. I'll I, fix Russell Wilson. You, you could probably do it. But, yeah, as far as Jalen Hurts, I mean, the track record's not nearly extensive enough to commit $200 million guaranteed, considering the, the other comparables on the board. And uh, just quote Al's brother, just don't see that happening. Do we have time for one more cheese? Yeah, let's do it. Let's stick with NFL contracts. The Bengals offer Joe Burrow the exact same contract as Patrick Mahomes. Ten years, four hundred fifty million, one hundred forty-one guaranteed. 
Who yeah. says no? Yeah, I think that's one where Joe Burrow says no. I mean, if I'm Joe Burrow, I'm looking at he's a fully guaranteed contract, right? I mean, why not? He is undoubtedly one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. This is not Jalen Hurts we're talking about. No disrespect to Jalen Hurts, who's awesome. Big mm-hmm. fan of Jalen Hurts. Probably going to finish second in NFL MVP voting this year. But Joe Burrow's got the playoff resume, the regular season resume, a stone-cold killer is Joe Burrow. 141 million guaranteed seems very low to me. Yeah, I don't know if I, I... I would say no if I'm the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, why are you willing to commit a Patrick Mahomes contract for a guy that doesn't have Patrick well, Mahomes' resume? he signed it two years ago to Patrick Mahomes. So that, yeah, that but he signed a 10-year contract. No, no, I understand. But, I mean, the timing with which Mahomes did sign that deal was a couple of years ago now. And I get it, but Joe Burrow hasn't won an MVP, hasn't won a Super Bowl. But hasn't Mahomes, been to three... Super Bowls in four years. Yeah, but uh, but uh, yeah, but Mahomes. You're talking about now. Mahomes signed that deal two years. ago. I get it, yeah. but you're measuring him against Mahomes now. No, no, you're measuring it when the contract was signed because that's the Not same. That's the same deal that we're discussing, right? Well, I mean, wh- I don't even know how to st- to to answer this yet because we got a big surprise yesterday in the NFL. But the salary cap going up twenty million dollars yeah. this year. Not to mention a opening as far as a certain quarterbacking situation, which we discussed yesterday, where I poo-pooed the idea of Tom Brady going to the San Francisco 49ers, and then we find out all of a sudden Brock Purdy blew his elbow out. <laughs> out for six months, could have Tommy John surgery. So is Crazy. it a lock? Who well, says, now, who says no? Is it Tom Brady or the San Francisco 49ers a very, no to the quarterback position? A very fascinating Fran. situation. We'll get to that, that at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. Uh, a lot of good stuff coming up here on First Up. Again, Chris Johnston will join us. We'll talk to Bruce Murray of Sirius XM NFL Radio about that topic and look ahead to the Super Bowl. Aaron Rose from Sports Illustrated on the wraps as well. And we'll take a look back on last night in sports in the First Up scoreboard next. This is the first up scoreboard here on TSN 1050. Only one game in the NHL last night. The Winnipeg Jets, 4-2 winners over the Blues. Were you aware, Carlo, that Mark Shifley, after two goals last night, has 31 on the season? I was not, but I am pleasantly surprised. 10 back of Connor McDavid. And tied with Bo Horvat. Oh, I don't think Shifley's getting moved, but I guess you never know. <laughs> Josh Morrissey, a.k.a. Josh Norrissey, also scored twice last night. That he's, game was one He's not nothing. winning the Norse, though. Eric Carlson's winning the Norse. That game was one nothing going into the third period for the St. Louis Blues. The St. Louis Blues went up 2 nothing, and then... Winnipeg woke up and scored four straight goals to win that game. And they needed that because both teams were heading into that game with a losing streak. And good for the Jets to pick up that win. And The Blues, five losses in a row. They're on the... They're you talk about uh, you talk done. about a Toronto Raptors version of the NHL. It's the same thing, same the exact same thing. And they're going to be. They got some very desirable assets: O'Reilly, Tarasenko, Barbashev, maybe some guys on the back end. There's a lot of moves to be made for St. Louis. I'm sure your old buddy Doug Armstrong working the phones each and every day. How about the Lakers last night? They lose by 17 to Brooklyn. No LeBron, no Anthony Davis. It sounds like LeBron's actually has. Some kind of an injury, apparently in a significant amount of pain in his left no, no, foot. No, 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 no. The description was 
Significant soreness. Oh, significant soreness. You're right. <laughs> what the hell is Significant that? soreness for LeBron James. I woke up with significant soreness in my back this yeah, morning. Does I, that see, mean I get the morning off of this show? No, no, no. We work through pain here. We are dedicated. Just a, a little uh, Toradol shot, a.k.a. or much like Patrick Mahomes did. Yeah. And we're ready to rock. Uh, Luka Doncic, no days off for him. 53 points. Woo! He and the Mavs beat the Detroit Pistons 111-105. As we discussed, the Raptors lose to the Phoenix Suns 114-106. Van Vliet, 24 points, 9 assists in the loss. Michael Bridges had a big performance. And look out. Phoenix is coming, man. No Devin Booker. He's on the verge of a return from that groin injury, but they've been playing really good basketball. They've won six of their last seven. And Chris Paul's on his way back, too, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, I know. There's a, there's a lot of stuff coming um, in, coming up in favor of the Phoenix Suns uh, in the next couple of weeks. So that could be a team to watch in the second half. We did see Joel Embiid and the Sixers lose at home to Orlando. They were up by 21 points yeah, in the first half. They were crushing them, and they just fell apart. Paulo Bancaro had a huge yeah, second did. half for them. He did. And this wasn't scoreboard worthy, but obviously the biggest news in the NHL yesterday was we saw a trade. Bang. Bo Horvat, one of the biggest names on the trade market, goes from Vancouver to the surprise team in all of this. New York Islanders for three assets. Anthony Beauvillier, Aturatu, Aturatu. and a protected First round pick in 2023. So maybe that opens the door for what we hope to see of more trades to come in the coming days as we approach the All Star break, as teams have entered their bye weeks. Who knows what the world brings in the NHL? But clearly, when we're talking about the world of the NHL, some sad news in the world of the NHL yesterday as Hockey Hall of Fame legend. Bobby Hall passes away at age 84. I mean, there's so much to remember from his amazing career. You know, his son, Brett Hall, who had a Hall of Fame career in the NHL, too. He's he's one of the guys that scored 50 goals five times in his illustrious career, named one of the hockey 100 greatest players of all time. And uh, condolences to the Hall family on the loss. I did meet Bobby Hall when I was maybe seven or eight years old at a golf tournament up in Muskoka, my old cottage. My dad took me to this golf tournament. A bunch of NHL guys were there, and Bobby Hall was so gracious with his time. Uh, An unbelievable uh, career. It's uh, really sad news at the age of 84, Bobby Hall passing away. One of the great goal scorers in NHL history. So... Uh, we'll look back on his life with Chris Johnston as well at 745, our hockey insider, and get back into the Bo Horvat sweepstakes, which have now concluded. He is a New York Islander, as you mentioned, Coco. What are the implications for the other big names on the trade bait list? And what are the implications for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Bo Horvat going to the island, arguably a very good outcome for the Maple Leafs. Absolutely. We'll dig deep into that and look ahead to tomorrow night. Possibly the game of the year, the final game before the All-Star break. The Leafs and the Bruins will dig deep next.